0: If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to The One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real-life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. Welcome back to The One Voice Podcast. Nicole here with... Mary! (laughs) Hi. We're we're so glad to be with you today. Thanks for tuning in. I know we skipped Christmas, but I hope you all understand. So here we are back. It's January, and we are ready to go. It's 2020. Woo! Time for a new year. I like it. (laughs) Well, we have a really special guest with us today, Dr. Leonie Madison. Um, she is an author and just a really inspiring woman coming out of Santa Barbara, California, one of my favorite places in the country, I'll be Mine honest. Mine, too. We're so jealous. <laughs> I know. One time, now, Dr. Madison, we'll just go ahead and let you in on this. We we were actually speaking uh, at Westmont, Mary and I, a couple of years ago. And so it was our first time in Santa Barbara, And during the break between some of our speaking sessions, we went to the ocean, the coast, the water, the beach. It was beautiful. And then all of a sudden, I'm not joking, there was like a hundred (laughs) dolphins. I was like, this is heaven on earth. No wonder these people want to move to the West Coast. Like, what are we doing here in Ohio? (laughs) What What are we doing? (laughs) I don't know, but it's so great to have you with us. I'm sure where you're at, it's just absolutely gorgeous and it is not here, so thank you for sharing your sunshine and um, and being with us today, Dr. Madison. Very welcome. It is
1: such an honor to be with you ladies today. Yes, I am beaming the
0: sun your way. Keep the cold Please. over there. I'll just keep beaming the sun your way. <laughs> Please. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Dr. Madison, I know you have endured a childhood just filled with life-shattering experiences. Um in your new book called the thread you go through some of that and you talk about the ptsd you experienced and you said um you felt like a prisoner in your soul and you were constantly stuck in your head i think a lot of us as survivors of abuse can relate to that feeling Uh, i know you're a single mom of three now and Um, You also said in your book that when you looked at yourself in the mirror, you saw yourself as a broken girl with a sick soul, a noisy mind, and a broken heart. And wow, that is just a really powerful statement. Um, But in the midst of that, and as you've um, gone through some healing and experienced some healing tools in your life you've really gained a lot of insight. And also your faith has played a huge role in that. So I'm really excited to hear more about your story, uh, Dr. Madison, but also for you to unpack more of what this new book is about. It's a six step kind of journey, a call to action to help women specifically uh, to find their purpose and and to receive the healing. And, and you talk a lot about intentional transformation, so I'm excited to hear about that too. But could you start by just sharing a little of your story and your background and then um, what led you to write this book?
1: So, again, thanks for having me. I I just feel so—I I mean, it's an honor. I feel very humbled uh, that God actually chose me to uh, fulfill this assignment. I felt like I couldn't do it, but, you know, the Bible says that he who began a good work in you is well able to, to complete it. And so I embarked upon the journey— Probably three years ago, um, seriously. And so let me give you a little bit of background. As you can hear from the accent, I am from the beautiful island of Jamaica, the West Indies. Ah, I was born in Jamaica. Yes, I wondered. (laughs) Yes, I was born in the beautiful island of Jamaica and Mm -hmm. um, grew up in New York City. I was molested and raped as a child by family members and strangers, which followed me into adulthood. I got pregnant at age 19 and became a college dropout.
2: Mm.
1: I was trapped in a 270 plus pounds overweight, I call it jacket, mm. that negatively affected my health and my well-being. Mm. I was abused spiritually and sexually by a faith leader, which crippled my self-worth, mm. threatened by faith in humanity and made me doubt and question god and what that did it really drove me away from him to the point i almost committed suicide wow. yeah. I i was in prison yes i was imprisoned um by a severe bouts of Bell's palsy you know what Bell palsy is mm-hmm. disfiguration of the face and also um, I, I strongly believe um, one of the aftermath of having gone through Bell's palsy I also suffered a near-death stroke experience that left me paralyzed on the right side of my body and then I was divorced and became this broke and broken single oh, mom. Yeah. Three children, age 30. And then I became very depressed. Mm. By post-traumatic stress disorder, which was the quote that you shared, I felt like I was a prisoner in my soul. Yeah. I felt like I was trapped in my mind. It was almost like I was in this dark tunnel. That's how I described depression. Mm. And at that point in my life, I truly hated life. I hated life because when I look at myself in the mirror, I was looking at this girl, my soul was sick. I couldn't see the Leonie I see today. I did not see her 10 years ago. Mm, I did not see her. My mind, I felt, was noisy, a lot of noise, negative noise. My heart was broken. Here I was with a crooked smile and a limped body. And I felt at that point like my life was shattered, and it was shattered beyond repair. I remember feeling very unworthy, ashamed, very much um, valueless. And there, it was like I was, there was no hope, and I was helpless. Yeah. And at that point, I felt like life had run over me with a book. Mm. Felt, I, felt, I felt damaged. Mm-hmm. But when I learned that, oh, sorry, I get choked up when I when I hear the story.
0: Yeah, well, it's real. It's your story. But there's a God.
1: Yeah. There is a God. And I've proven that for myself that there is a God. And this powerful God, who for years I wondered, Where was God? Why didn't he allow these things to happen to me? If he's supposed to be this omnipresent God, this omniscient God, how come he just sat around and allowed, you know, these men to abuse my body, Mm -hmm. these people to corrupt my mind? You know, how, how? I I kept asking, how come? Mm -hmm. Where is he? I remember one day I was on one of my, what I call, excursions. I mean, I was in Jamaica because I was running away. I was writing this book when I realized I kept going back to the trauma, where the trauma started.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. I kept, I could. I didn't understand then, but every, I would go back to Jamaica three, four times a year. Why I kept going back so often? The reason why... I kept going back because that's where the trauma started. And I remember 10 years old, and I talk about this in my book, and I was shamed by this pastor, this faith leader. And I remember I had went to this convention with my mom, and we were given food, and somebody offered me a second plate. And when I came back from the return from the convention, she yeah. publicly shamed me, and she let the church knew that mm. I had eaten two plates of food. Ten years old, oh, come and on. in my culture, what they did, they put you in what was called the back bench, the back of the church. Yeah, okay. And when you're sitting at the very last bench, nobody in between you, nobody in front of you, so there's like an empty seat in front of you, and then the congregation would sit further up. So you're the only one sitting there. Call it church prison. Mm. And so I was sitting there in this church prison. And what I didn't know that the Holy Spirit revealed to me when I was writing the book, why I kept going back to Jamaica, mm-hmm. my soul was stuck in the trauma in the back of the church. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit said to me that, I know you love God. I know you love God. I know you love Jesus, but you hate his body. Mm. And I go, what? And the Holy Spirit said, yes. He said, take Jesus back. And then when I started remembering, I was waiting for an apology. I wanted somebody to to rescue me, really, Mm -hmm. because what had happened to me was abuse. It was spiritual abuse. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward. I moved to New York and um, I'm growing up, I'm growing up and I'm in school Mm -hmm. and all of these other things are happening to me because, you know, in the book, I talk about this. My dad had abandoned us Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I don't blame him. He did what he had to do because he came to America for a better life. So that he could work and take care of his wife and his children, mm-hmm. but life does, isn't a straight line, so it didn't work out that way. Okay. And so, but one of the things that the Holy Spirit also revealed to me was that later my dad did come back and he brought us to the U.S., but then he abandoned us again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I was on the search. I was searching. I was searching. I I never felt wanted. Yeah. yeah. I I was searching for love. I was searching for love, and I kept searching, searching. And on that search, I invited the wrong people in my life.
2: Mm.
1: On that search, I didn't realize that my soul was really wanting and yearning for God. I didn't realize that my soul had rec- knew that I had gone through these traumas from being sexually abused by family members, you know, when I was sick, one of my family members raved me while I had you know was going through this bronchitis mm-hmm. and and you were talking to one of your guests in December, and I go, "Yeah, I can relate to that. I get the triggers. So holidays, I hate the holidays, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how to celebrate between I was never taught, I never taught myself to celebrate between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I isolate mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I isolate because one, Trauma took place during that time period, too. Mm -hmm. My dad would tell us that he was coming back. He never came back for Christmas. We never got a Christmas gift. And so my soul was left trapped in those traumas. And so when the Lord called me to write the book, I go, I can't tell anybody these things happened to me.
2: Mm.
1: No, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell anybody that I stayed in a church where the faith leader sexually abused me for how many years mm. and nobody believed me. I can't, how, who's going to believe those stories? Mm-hmm. I can't tell anyone that I had um, Bell's palsy and how I hid myself while I was going through a pregnancy. I can't tell anyone that I had a stroke. That's shameful. Yeah. Mm but God gave me the grace and he gave me the strength to navigate through all of those triggers. And I wrote this book to really help these very special women. And the target population for my book are the women who are single mom, who are feeling as though (laughs) God has uh, forgotten about them. I'm talking about the abused teen, Mm -hmm. the abandoned daughter, the unhealed wife, Mm -hmm. the alienated, dispirited, and battered woman, every wounded, lonely single parent, every insecure woman who feels powerless and emotionally frail. I wrote this book for her. I wrote this book for her to let her know that God has not forgotten about you. And if God can restore me and heal me, one of the things that I keep saying, I fell seven times, but it's really more than seven times. <laughs> and I got back up maybe three times that amount yeah. of time. God just kept picking me up and yeah. picking me up and bouncing me forward. Yeah. And he has done it, I mean, a miraculous thing in my life. And I want others to experience the same as well.
0: Amen. Yeah, and isn't it such a slow journey? You know, we, we think that we're just going to get picked back up and thrown forward into this miraculous place, but it's not. It is that continuous fall back and then pick back up and a slow walk. And, you know, it, it takes time for you, for us, for all of us to get to that place. And it's a, it's a long journey, but it's worth it. It is. It is a
1: very long journey and it is a journey where the, where the intentional transformation um, come in. You'd ask, you know, what it meant. That's why I, I, I came up with the what was impressive on my heart to really empower and inspire women to achieve intentional transformation because people often refer to change as new beginnings. Mm -hmm. But transformation more often happens not when something new begins, but when something old falls apart Mm -hmm. and it forces us through an actual process of letting go Mm -hmm. so we can become. So it's like, yes, you you start out on this journey, right, called healing Mm -hmm. and you're going. And because we don't have the tools to learn how to cope, we get triggered. And guess what we do? We go right back to what we know so when people ask how can you stay in trauma for so long it's because that's what we know Mm -hmm. until we until we invite the Holy Spirit to come in and do the transformation to do that work because nobody can change us Mm -mm. only God nobody this book is not intended for me to change anyone that is why I make sure that I was so keen on listening to the Holy Spirit because only God can do that work upon our hearts. So, as you're going on this journey, it's like you're so motivated, you're inspired. Yeah, I want to get better. But guess what? Something triggers you, and you're like, I am not going any further. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a quick story. Last summer, I got up one morning and I decided I need to just get out of Santa Barbara. And I just want to be out in the, um, like, in the rainforest. And I wanted some inspiration. So I drove from Santa Barbara to Portland, Oregon, 17 hours. Wow. Back to Portland. Yes, I'm a gung-ho girl. Yeah, you're
0: like, I'm really getting out of town. Yeah. (laughs) feel like, no, actually, (laughs) (laughs) leaving.
1: So while I was out in Portland, I decided to go kayaking. Right. I have mm-hmm. an accent. So if I'm uh, pronouncing the word properly, let me know. Thank you. And so I'm excited. I, I put it on my YouTube channel. I'm excited. I want to do this. So we're going. And I forgot that I had the stroke on the right side, which that part of my body is pretty weak still. Mm. Cause healing is a journey. Mm-hmm. So we're going and they're going. now my kayak is going left instead of Right. Mm. <laughs> Eventually, I, it landed on the ba- on the on the shore, on the side of the um, you call it like on the banking. Yeah. And I'm crying. I'm like, help!
2: <sighs> help! They're gone. I'm <laughs> like, help! I got stuck, and they're crying. I'm like, I got stuck, and it's because my arm is weak. I'm not going any further. I'm turning
1: back. And I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, "No, you're not. You're going to do this, and you're you're going to be okay. And your arm is healed. And you got to believe that." Mm. And I remember she said, do you want me to come get you? And I said, no. I said, I'll do it. And I roll and I slowly, slowly, slowly until I caught up to them. But while I was going slowly, in my mind, I kept saying I'm going to fall out of this kayak. I can't do this. I mean, I'm talking to myself. And then I had to. Use the positive reinforcement, the word. And I just kept saying, No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God did not give me the power of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. And guess what? Before you know it, I was in front of them. Woo! And it taught me something. That experience taught me something about healing. It's a journey, and it's not a perfect straight line. It's a journey where you get on and you're going, but then life happens. And sometimes we fall over in the water. Sometimes we're stuck in the boat. Sometimes we have no idea what to do. But I want to empower our traumatic survivor women who have survived trauma. Don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop when it gets difficult. Don't stop when nobody is on your side cheering you on. Don't stop when God is silent. Don't stop. Thread. Keep thinking of it as a needle and a thread. And you're threading. You ever saw the needle on the machine? And it's going right. And it's going left. And it's going right. Mm-hmm. And it's going. It's okay. Don't stay stuck looking at the back of the quilt. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And sometimes turn the quilt over. To remind yourself of how far you've come. Because when you turn it over, it's beautiful. But on the backside, it's ugly. Mm -hmm.
0: Real ugly. Yeah, that's true. And you talk about change. I mean, I think we are just so predetermined to keep going back, you know, especially when we're triggered to our old ways of coping or whatever. And, you know, our healing journey is unpredictable. And I think that's the scary part about it. So we go back to what felt comfortable, even if it was not best for us. So part of what you're you're talking about is creating these new pathways that are better for us. Um, and I think that's really powerful. I wonder what your answer would be, though, um, when it comes to other people in our lives. I feel like a common... Um, theme that I've been recognizing in a lot of friends of mine who are survivors is that they themselves are working on change. You know, it's 2020. It's time for new ways, new boundaries, new relationships, or old relationships becoming better and healthier. So we ourselves can create these new ideas, these new pathways, but all the people around us will be affected by that. And they're not ready for change. You know, so I might be setting some boundaries with this person in a way they've never known before. How would you suggest that we go about that? Is it just kind of like, forge ahead, don't worry about how it affects other people, just know in yourself and in, in God where you're standing and you're doing what's best for you and fulfilling your purpose? Or would you say that you need to bring other people along and like really communicate the, these new changes, whether they like it or not? Like what what kinds of things would you suggest for those kind of going through that part of their journey?
1: So thanks for asking that question. This is where I think my six-step uh, thread system will help readers okay. to be able to um, make these kinds of decisions. The first thing in the STEP um, thread system is the T, because the, 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 the system is actually the acronym, the word thread.
0: Okay, so, so the, T-H-R-E-A-D, okay.
1: The, mm-hmm. So step one, uh, which is the T, is to think of the outcome you want. So we're getting ready to make change happen in 2020, right? What outcome am I looking for? What is what is it that I'm wanting? Is it that I want to release, you know, um, 40 pounds? And that means I can't go to the restaurant with my girlfriends every weekend, right? <laughs> and I need to communicate that. So you think of that outcome. I need to release 40 pounds. And then what steps, you know, do I need to take to achieve that goal, this part of the step should be to communicate to the people in my life that will be impacted by my newfound, you know, path. Mm-hmm. I need to come that. I need to communicate, you know, um, my plan doesn't mean I need their buy-in because you see a lot of times I think we need, we think we need to shame ourselves. Or shame others when we need to make a change. And I think we do it um, innocently and not realize that, you know, oh, I'm getting ready to make this change and I'm going to have to battle this with with so-and-so. No, Mm -hmm. we don't always have to. Mm -hmm. Part of the strategy of communicating, this is an outcome I want. And I know hanging out with you is great. But I also know when we hang out, we eat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and we eat, and when we eat, we eat without even being conscious of what we're eating. Mm-hmm. And I just really need to craft out this time for my health and well-being. But here's the thing. Um, maybe a couple months later, we can go out, but we may not go- be going out every weekend, maybe once in a while. I think that's, 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 that's perfectly okay. Mm. And if they don't, um, And if they don't understand or choose not to understand, then we get to make a choice that we're going to continue regardless of what the responses are, right? That's really good. I mean,
0: that can easily go into all kinds of different, you know, scenarios. I'm thinking of just like, yes, I want to be around you and I want to hang out with you, but I don't want to talk about the specific topic because it's really hard for me and it triggers, Mm -hmm. you know, my abuse. You know, it doesn't have to be the food, but can it be the topic or it can be, you know, I love when you come to my house, but I want you to actually communicate when you're coming. So don't just show up at my door unannounced. Like it just goes into so many different areas. Mm -hmm. That's really a really good example.
1: You hit the nail on the head and I want you to, Mm -hmm. let's take it for a minute. That is called self-care. You know, we're self-aware as trauma survivors. We need to use a power called self-awareness. So for me, I, I perfect, I master it because I get triggered very easily when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. And what I've practiced doing is to say those things, say to say to the people who are in my life. I don't want to um, have this conversation because it really triggers me when I go there. Or one of the things I've been saying to people I work with: when you do so and so, when you say so and so, it rubs up against my values. And it doesn't make me feel very good. Can we talk about how you can help me not to be feeling this way? I love that. Or when you say so and so, it makes me want to not be around you. And I really enjoy being around you. Mm. How can we have a win win in this situation? Mm. That's great. Right? That's so really, really helpful. Yeah, so it's having those yeah, having those conversations. We're we're aware. I am so aware of what triggers me. Right. And, and so what I do is to help you talk about bringing people along. This is how we bring them along to understand because there are supporters, you know, some of them are our supporters. So it's in our best interest to teach them. Right. We teach people how to treat us. And part of that is communicating our needs. Don't assume that they know how to. Right. We have to take we I love what you said um, in, in, in your December podcast, we have to sit in the driver's seat at times mm-hmm. and we have to teach people how to move the steering wheel. Right. We yes. are in the driver's seat. Yeah. And so we have to take the control of saying no. When you say so and so, it triggers me and it doesn't make me, it makes me want to not be around you. It makes me isolate. It makes me want to run. I, I, I used to tell people, I said, when you say certain things, I feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. Yeah. Please don't go there because people yes. want to see me crawling yeah. out of my skin, my dear. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, so that's the thing part. That's the T. And then number two, step two is the H. Harvest. Less the lessons learned mm-hmm. and heal your heart. So, you know, in, in, the thread, in the thread book, I'm not sure if you have a copy of the book and if you don't, I'd be so happy to send a copy of the book to you. But in the back of the book, I actually have a layout of the design of the, the thread system itself. And I actually walk women through some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves. So when I talk about harvest the lessons learned, I want you to ask yourself, what have I learned so far? How has it made me stronger? What can I use from my past to forge a new path forward, right? So harvest these lessons that we've learned because we have learned a lot of things about um, the traumatic experiences. From me, I remember, as I shared before, I learned that I trust too easily. I trust very easily easily. I also learned that I, I was a people pleaser mm. and that actually take, took me down the wrong path.
2: Mm.
1: I actually learned that I didn't discern, sit long enough to discern what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do in a particular situation. I was very impulsive. I learned that and I, and I acknowledged that. And so what I did I, from there, I had to now, number three, which was to release the fear and break those painful patterns Mm. because there's a fear of letting go. It is what I know. And what if I don't say yes to this person? How are they going to react to it? Okay. I had to learn how to say a healthy no. Yeah. I had to learn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so step three is the R, which is to release fear and break those painful patterns. Ask yourself, what do I need to let go Mm of to become the woman I say I want to become the Yeah, bee. that's a big one. So, and I think people I pleasing
0: would be a big one. The releasing fear, I think, for a lot of survivors, that would be the need mm-hmm. to please everybody, to release that, mm-hmm. the fear of rejection. If I don't do everything to make everyone happy, even when it's killing me. And in pleasing
1: everyone, we end up displeasing God.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems Mm -hmm. like oftentimes a Christian myth that, you know, if we are just so selfless and so focused on everyone else's needs that we're pleasing God, but that's just a lie. Honestly,
1: thank you for saying that because that's liberating for a lot of trauma survivors. Yeah, Yeah. it was for me. Mm -hmm. It it was for me as well. Mm -hmm. It really was for me as well to go, hmm, is this thing that I'm getting ready to do. How does it really makes me feel? And is it honoring God? Will really? God be pleased with this? Again, I'm going to always go back to some of the podcasts that I've listened that you um, shared on your um, show, where, you know, we're asking the question, I, I used to ask myself, is this allowing me to fall into the trap of being a overachiever? Because that's one of the symptoms of of trauma survivors. We become these overachievers and these people pleasers. And as soon as we're done with one thing, we jump on the bandwagon of something else. And we're on and on and on and on to the next. We never take time Mm -hmm. to really stop and reflect and ask ourselves those deeper, more meaningful questions. You know, what decisions must I live in? Mm -hmm. Am I living the highest expression of my values and integrity, right? Are these things that I'm involved in, are they pushing me closer to fulfilling my God-ordained purpose? Or am I wasting time trying to please someone who at the end of the day, because it's not aligned to my purpose, it doesn't fulfill me and it doesn't make a difference.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm, right. when we're not operating out of our purpose, it's not impactful. Hmm. It's wasting our time.
2: Yeah, that is
0: so true.
1: You know, and so step four, E, yeah, enlist. Enlist allies to become the person who has been locked inside. Mm. In my country, we used to say, I don't know if it's said here in America, no man is an island and no man stands alone. And in Proverbs, it talks about iron sharpens iron, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, um, and the trauma survivor, the woman who's going through trauma or the woman who survived it, we really need to be asking ourselves, whom should I connect with? Because healing is not a journey that you want to embark upon on your own. You really need support to be able to navigate through, right? Mm -hmm. And so asking ourselves, what resources are available? Therapist? A counselor? Friends? A workshop? Is it a book? Take a a stock. You know, what's around me, right? And then select the option that works best for you. One of the things that is on my heart this year to, to, to do, I really want to get this book into the hands of inmates, women who are behind bars
2: mm.
1: and also mm. to get the book into the hands of college Students who are going through trauma. So when you talk about Westmont, I'm actually getting ready to partner with them also to be doing some work with some of the undergraduate students there.
0: Yeah, I
1: really yeah. want to get the book in the hands of of the women who really need it the most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that so be praying for me about that as well that God will send um, supporters because um, a lot of the a majority of the proceeds from the sales of the book will be going towards actually purchasing of the book to get them into the into the prison. So mm-hmm. I'm really praying that God sends um, individuals to purchase and donate donate do, donators as well. Yeah. To buy the and to at the end of the this prison. podcast
0: we'll give our listeners all the information on how to get that. And I do hope so many of, of, of you do do order this book. I think it'll really make a difference in, in your lives. So
1: you're welcome. And step five A adopt adopt new mindsets, and create healthy patterns. Mm. So ask yourself, what new habit do I want to start? Yeah, that's so timely. This,
0: right there, it I think is- that step is what the majority of our listeners and me and myself, I think, are are working on right now. That's the part of our journey that has maybe been the biggest hurdle, the adopting mm-hmm. new mindsets, to break the hurtful patterns and then creating the new healthy behaviors going forward, it's so important. So yeah, please keep going. This is good.
1: <laughs> so that is actually chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually chapter five. Okay. This is where your faith comes in. So if you if you if you if you have the book, it's chapter five. Walks you through what is faith. It actually touch upon. Um, the story of, which is my favorite story, the, mm-hmm. one, one of my favorite stories, the woman with the issue of blood mm-hmm. and how she used her faith, right, to, yeah. to really, she, she used her faith to receive her, her healing or to bring about healing in her life. And then I also share my story. And then in this chapter, I walk the readers through, you know, as they continue to come through this healing journey, I walk them through the A. What does it mean to adapt a new mindset? You know, what what are some of the things that you can do to get rid of those old behaviors, those old patterns, right? How do we equip ourselves with new habits? And how do we look at things from a different perspective? And one of the things about my book, um, you will find that I do include a purr. I give readers a pattern to quilt. And I also put uh, artwork in there. And the artwork has a little quote. And for this particular chapter, the quote says, you can adopt the right mindset. You can think of new thoughts. And the scripture that talks about, you know, um, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are true, what sort of things are honest that we always have to remind ourselves to be thinking on these new things Mm -hmm. right so you can create the healthy habits and what we have to make sure that we are constantly it's almost like our checkpoint for us as trauma survivors we always have to be thinking to ourselves okay am i repeating a behavior or a pattern and reminding ourselves of the times when we did go down that path what were some of the results that we actually achieve, you know, because of those behaviors. Mm-hmm. As I been mentioned that um, I used to people please a lot. And I talk about it in my book that at one point I wiped out my bank account. I just received some money. And this person came to me and told me that the Lord told them that I needed to um, give her some money. I needed to bless her. Oh, no, and she foolishly, dead, yeah. I never asked. Oh, Mm -hmm. yes, she did. Mm -hmm. Don't tell (laughs) me God
0: told
2: you that. Oh, no. Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: I never checked with the Holy Spirit, if this was true or not. I went to my bank account, and I took out the $5,000 and gave it to this person. And then fell Sick and miserable after, right? Mm-hmm. So now when people tell me, God tells them, yeah, I'm like, get thee behind me. Say <laughs> that it is written. <laughs> Woo.
2: Right. No.
1: So those are some of the things that, because, so so, so just be being mindful of when of the time when we did go down that particular part where we made that particular decision,
2: mm-hmm.
1: what were the outcomes and how did they make you feel? Oh, that's really right good. yeah I can I, I can give you examples of one example, but I just want readers to be mindful of this particular set because this part right here this is the, the, the catalyst here mm-hmm. because then we go over into step six, which is really to dream to dream of this new woman, Hmm. dream of a new you. Hmm. And this is where you get to design your joyful life. So ask yourself, what is the life I really want? What is the first step I need to take? And then I I empower women, take action. Because here's the thing for me. I, I talk about it in my book as well. I took a leap of faith. I got and tired of being sick and tired. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got sick and tired of looking at myself in the mirror. And i tell you one of the things that I did. I cut my hair off. So if you go on my website, you'll see me with very short hair.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I cut my hair off. And, and this, I'm telling you, this book was for me as much as it was for the readers. God had to heal me first. <laughs> I it was. And yeah. what, I, what I didn't realize, I cut my hair off because... I did not want men to find me attractive.
2: Oh.
1: My soul was left in another traumatic one, a relationship I was in where the young man kicked me, kicked me to the floor with his size 13 feet. <sighs> and when I fell on the floor, the iron burned my leg. And that, I remember when I got up, I went to the barbershop just to punish him. And I cut my hair off because I knew he liked um long hair. mm And from that point, I said I never wanted to be in another relationship.
2: Wow.
1: Yeah. I cut my hair off because I was hiding my beauty. But, ladies, in December, I decided last month, uh, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, no more of that. (laughs) That old Leone is gone. No way. I mean, it looks cute. It's cute. (laughs) But it's not me. It's cute. I'll give back. It's cute. I wore it for a couple years. But... I decided that, no, I'm going to start fixing Leonie. You know, like, not to beautify myself in a vain way. Yeah. But I wanted to feel like a girl again. Just to
2: feel good. So I started,
1: yes, yeah. I started feeling. But I looked myself in the mirror. And
2: I was like, oh, my God, that's you. You no. <laughs> For the first
1: time, I, I shared this with my coach. I said, for the first time, ladies. And this is something I talk about in my book. To encourage women to do, look yourself in the mirror. Look yourself in the eyes. And when I looked at myself, I go, you're beautiful. Mm. I go, you're broken. Yeah, they are broken parts of you. And I walk with a limp. But I look at the eyes. I saw joy. I saw gratitude, I saw grace, mm. I saw mercy, and I saw love. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love that girl. Aww. And I just say, hey, girl, come along. We're going to go for this ride. That's amazing. So yeah. I just started to transform me, and I love this new Leonie. I'm in love with her. Wow. I'm in love with Leonie now. I'm so in love with Leonie. So guess what? Releasing those last 40 pounds that I've been wanting to release is so easy now it's not as difficult anymore because I see the value of being well because yeah. I want to go out and I want to speak to millions of people but if I'm not well I can't do it okay. so I want to be well so that's what's propelling me and motivating me to do what I need to do to empower and to inspire women to say hey girl freedom is possible You don't have to live in trauma. You don't have to live in torment. You, my friend, you, you, whoever it is that's listening today, Mm -hmm. I want to encourage you to let you know you can achieve intentional transformation. You can rise like a phoenix from the ashes of those shame and the pain and whatever else that the enemy has used those individuals to throw on you. You can take off those old garments. And you can put on a new you and you get, you get, here's a good thing. Mm. When I decided to make change happen for myself, I had to take a big leap of faith. When I came to California, I didn't know anyone in California. Mm. I'd never been to California a day in my life. (laughs) It was the Holy Spirit that led me here. I'd never been here before. But I trusted God enough to know that he was doing a work in me, and I could trust him to finish that work, and I've had no regrets. Mm. I've had no regrets. Wow. And so I just want to encourage everyone that's listening today to let them know that I fell seven times. But here's here's the beauty of this story. I got back up eight because not only did God step in, And gave me the courage to rise like this phoenix from the ashes of my heart. But in doing so, he taught me how to take control of my life. Mm -hmm. I went back to school. I went back to college and graduated with my MBA and went on to earning my PhD. Ooh. I released over 100 pounds of unwanted weight and pursued my dream. This college dropout became a college professor. Amazing. What an amazing testimony. And I became this healed woman and a mother. And I created, I cr- started created these moments with my children mm-hmm. where we become these lovers of life and of people. Aww. Not only that, I pioneered and copyrighted the six-step healing system and launched my first podcast to help individuals, teams, organizations to achieve intentional transformation. Not only that, I won the Elite 40 on the 40 Pacific Coast Business Times Award in 2018 for one of the best transformational leaders on the Central Coast. Not only that, I faced my past. And published two out of my three self help books in 2019. Mm-hmm. And happy to say, one of them became an Amazon number two and number four. Not only that, God opened doors for me to be speaking to millions across the globe, sharing this message of hope to let women know God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you may ask or think. God is real and he has real mm. solutions to give you a real testimony that will transform lives.
0: Amen. Yes. 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 Woo! Wow. What a powerful powerful story and your journey is just so inspiring and I think it just gives us all access to understand that the deepest suffering and the and the broadest shame that we can feel um can really be redeemed if we just take those intentional steps towards transformation. And just this book that you have written really spells out some of the most important steps we can take. So thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for writing this book and and just for your, your vulnerability to just to be real with us. I just really just grateful for you. So how can we connect and engage with you uh, moving forward? Where can listeners find your book, find you?
1: They actually could go on my website. It's www.leonimattison.com. And Leone is spelled L-E-O-N-I-E-M-A-T-T-I-S-O-N. And the book is available on Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble's, it's in Walmart. I think Target. I mean, wherever books are sold, awesome. They just type in um, the thread. Let God into your heart and achieve intentional transformation. Okay. It's on ebook. It's on Google Play. It's. I mean, it's available in all types of formats. And if they're local to um, to Santa Barbara, it's also in the local bookstores as well.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. I want to end with just a quote that I found of yours regarding this book. Dr. Leonie Madison, she said, "All people have multicolored, multi-purpose threads of their unique experiences woven into the beautiful design of their destiny. Each thread has been formed by and represents a trial experienced and conquered, a truth told, a potential unlocked, or a purpose accomplished." How you weave these threads together will determine the masterpiece you create. And you talk about that your life is a beautiful masterpiece. You get to co-create with God. And I just think that just sums up your whole life. And we are grateful to be a witness to it. Thank you, Leone, for your time today, your voice, your story, and just your huge heart. We're grateful to know you.
1: Thank you very much for having me. And God bless all that you will be doing this year and, and the years to come to really help women. Thank you so much mm. for having me on the show today.
2: Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe,
0: write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.